0: Now on the Business Radio X Network, it's the Self Aware Leader Podcast with coach and Vestige Chair, Linda John.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self Aware Leader Podcast, where we sit down twice a month with successful executives and talk to them about their leadership philosophies, how they have risen to high levels of success, and how they are now leveraging their Enneagram power to continue their growth journeys. I am your host, Linda John, executive coach and certified Enneagram practitioner, and we are broadcasting from the Tucson Business Radio X studios located in the Stewart Title Company building on Broadway Boulevard in sunny Tucson, Arizona. CEO Diane Kelly, owner of Sandbrick Group, is my special guest for today's Self-Aware Leader podcast. Diane Kelly is the owner and CEO of Sandbrook Group, a life and health insurance company founded here in Tucson in 2005. Her specialty is working with small business owners with five to 50 employees, securing the financial future of her clients and their families, along with her clients, employees, and their families. And since 2005, Sandbrook Group has helped thousands of individuals, employers, employees, and Medicare beneficiaries navigate the complex world of health coverage. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Linda. It's a joy to be here, and I'm really excited to have this opportunity to talk to you and to the audience. Wonderful. Yes, we have been having a great time together working on the Enneagram, and we'll be getting into that in a little bit. But first, let's learn a little bit more about you and your business. You are the owner and CEO of Sandbrick Group a life and health insurance company founded here in Tucson in 2005. Can you tell us more about your company and the services that you provide?
2: Sure, for many years since I started the insurance business, I worked for somebody else, large insurance companies, other brokerage firms, and I really got to the point where I decided, you know what? I want to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And that kind of speaks to my Enneagram, I guess.
1: Oh, yes, (laughs) that independence.
2: Yeah, (laughs) solid number seven. I can do it better. (laughs) So in 2005, I jumped ship from a... Uh, firm that I've been here since 1994 so that was about 12 years just short of 12 years Mm -hmm. and uh, stepped out and went on my own and what I envisioned is having an opportunity to really run things the way I felt they should be run and take care of my clients the way they needed to be taken care of Uh, life and health insurance you know life insurance hasn't changed too much but health insurance has changed (laughs) dramatically over the years Mm -hmm. so we've had to learn different things and different ways to help our clients but we're very hands-on with them and I think that that's part of our success.
1: Yes, that direct personal service that you're able to provide and you're in kind of a busy season right now with your company, right? Yeah,
2: fourth quarter is what I call our high holy season (laughs) where we are engrossed in open enrollment for a lot of employer groups. I just came from an open enrollment meeting for one of my accounts that's Mm -hmm. renewing November 1st. Thank you. Great. And Uh, yeah and then medicare open enrollment started on october 15th and ends december 7th so if they don't make a change then a lot of times they're locked out and they're stuck with whatever they've got so it's really important to review and then starting november 1st which is next weekend um we're actually going to be entering into the open enrollment period for individuals who aren't medicare eligible and don't have employer group coverage so all three are going to be running at the same time
1: yeah yes wow Well, you know, in visiting with you, it it became clear to me early on that one of the keys to your success as a leader has really been your ability to pivot in response to circumstances beyond your control. What have some of those key moments been in the evolution of your business? And what have you done to pivot successfully in those situations?
2: Well, I think at times I was stuck like a lot of my colleagues are, where they're doing the same thing they've done for 20 years and not getting the same results because the markets have changed. right? And people's viewpoints have changed of what they want and what they need. So I started taking a hard look at it. I think that probably Obamacare that started in 2014, was the starting point of going oh I better do something different yeah and in 2016 I actually had the opportunity to sit with a business coach in a large group of entrepreneurs from across the country and I never considered myself an entrepreneur I was just independent and uh, thought you know, if I don't do something different, I won't have a business. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at some other options of how I can better serve my current clients, Mm -hmm. add value to them, oh, and increase my revenue.
1: (laughs) So that's kind of how that came about. That minor detail there. Yeah, yeah.
2: minor details, right.
1: Yeah. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur now? I have to. (laughs) Yeah. We
2: have an entrepreneur's creed that we say at the end of all of our mastermind meetings. So that is emblazoned on me now. And I, I get it. Um, I, I guess i never thought of myself that way uh until i started attending these mastermind meetings and and kind of colleagues and different things that were coming up were going oh Oh, that's what I am. Yes. And I never even considered myself a business owner. I just wanted to be an independent agent, not attached to any particular firm or mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. So I think that all that came as a surprise. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, I, from my perspective, you definitely are an entrepreneur, especially because when you think about entrepreneurs, they have to be creative and flexible and the ability to pivot, you know, in response to market trends and things outside of their control. And it's one of the things that struck me about you right away. And I know that probably I'm guessing because the global pandemic is impacting every organization and business. I'm sure you've had to do some pivoting now Major <laughs> pivot again. Um, in my particular case,
2: it hasn't really affected our products or services as much as how we do business. Okay. So for me, I love being out there meeting people. I was always out networking two, three times a week. You know, elbow to elbow, mm-hmm. meeting different people, talking to them a little bit about what they do, and and telling them a little bit about what I do. And obviously, that changed like. Overnight, Right. In fact, I was actually at a mastermind meeting in California when everything started shutting down, and I hightailed it back to Tucson. And oh. fortunately, because we had shut our brick-and-mortar office down in December, all of my team were already positioned at home. Okay. And we're already working from home offices, so that was one thing that we didn't have to contend with yeah. but then we had to figure out how are we going to market ourselves? How are we going to get right. word out that we're here? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I started doing online videos and joined some other groups and it's just been a constant learning curve but I, I really like learning new things even though yes. it's frustrating sometimes. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. I, I I know we've talked a lot about that and a lot of it is in the realm of technology now. Yeah, You know where and, a lot of our um, new focus of marketing and connecting is being done through technology. Yeah.
2: Fortunately, we already had a Zoom account set up, and I was pretty (laughs) familiar with that. Uh, But, of course, that has morphed, too, and now we can set up rooms and all this other type of stuff. But, um, yeah, so it's been a learning curve. It's been a little bit frustrating because... You want to see instant results? At least I do. Of course you do, because patience is not one of the strengths not, of the
1: Type 7 no, no,
2: Not one of my virtues, and uh, I'm very results-oriented, so if I'm yeah. not seeing instant results, I tend to say, well, that's not working. But I have to give it time, and I've, I've had to learn to work these things out and change what's not working, but keep what is working.
1: And as an aside, I will also let you know, if we haven't talked about this yet, that um, one of the most entrepreneurial types on the Enneagram is the Type 7. That big picture thinker and creative and just sort of willing to take some risks. Yeah.
2: Well, I had people when I left my other firm go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. You're so <laughs> brave. And I thought, well, what's your problem? <laughs> you know, you can do this, too. And yeah. and a couple of them had husbands who were supporting them and making really good money. So it wasn't the money. It was yeah. just like just jump ship and do it. Little caution going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I love coming up with the big visions and I, I like picturing it. I just don't like
1: executing. Yes, because the details again, yeah, those are yeah, best yeah. for others than yeah. <laughs> type 7.
2: I kind of like that uh, Star Trek thing of uh, the captain saying make it so.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is what I want just make it so. <laughs> well, you and I share the same type so I completely relate to that. I know. <laughs> well, you you mentioned you, you hit on this and it was some one thing I really wanted to dig into a little deeper with you as well and that's, you know, one thing I noticed right away about your leadership is that you are a master networker and I met you really in the digital age when it was already in the global pandemic, but you're still a master networker as far as I'm concerned. Tell us more about how your love of connecting people and ideas contributes to your success.
2: I think that part of the new program that I set up, I call it Fresh View Business Solutions for the Small Business Owner, is really about connecting them to other services and resources that are outside my realm. So I've taken that whole concept of connecting them, say that they need a banker. You know, we went through this whole paycheck protection program and some were with banks who frankly didn't care about small business so I was directing them to local banks who I knew would help them um, if they need an accountant I like to refer them to an accountant and I have my people that I work with and I give them a couple different referrals and they can find out who they work with uh, best and and I get a lot of joy out of that when I see the connection.
1: Yeah I mean it really is about Joy for you really when is. you make those connections yeah. with people, and and you're very outgoing, and you I can tell you just are sort of um, energized by uh, human interactions and it has to be fun. I used to say <laughs> to my husband, I'd say, well, that's not fun. He says, does everything have to be fun? I said, yeah. <laughs> and now it makes sense when we look at the Enneagram. <laughs> well, and you know, we are getting ready to shift into our work together uh, as you learned about your Enneagram type and the strategies to support your success. Um, so we are going to be talking a lot more about your type, all of the strategies that you've learned to uh, hold on to the strengths of of your type, but also strategies to sort of downplay the challenges by integrating into some of the other types. And as we talked about with the Enneagram, we all have some of all nine types in our personality, but we have a home base that we start at, and we're gonna talk a lot more about that when we come back. And we will be right back after a short break.
0: Hope you're enjoying the show. You're listening to Linda John, executive coach and VISTA chair here in Tucson. Hi, Linda. Hi, Mark. Well, Vistage Worldwide, why is it the world's most trusted executive coaching and peer mentoring organization?
1: Well, Vistage has been around for more than 60 years, helping over 24,000 people in 22 countries make better decisions, become better leaders, and achieve better results for their companies, families, and communities. Mm. You see, Vistage uses a time-tested and proven Issue Processing Model, which is a structured, thorough, and efficient approach to tackling members' most pressing challenges while optimizing their biggest opportunities.
0: Well, it seems like that members uh, push beyond assumptions then and get to the real issues, Linda, helping them to better understand and to evaluate options, I guess, before making decisions.
1: That is correct, Mark. And in addition to the peer advisory group meetings, Vistage also provides individual coaching to help executives clarify goals, develop plans to achieve them, and then hold them accountable for taking positive steps toward achieving those goals that they've identified.
0: Well, executives, it sounds too good that you cannot afford not to look at this, okay? You can be part of the powerful group simply by contacting Linda, your Vistage chair and executive mentor. Now, this is uh, her email, direct address. Write this down. Linda dot John at VistageChair.com. dot com. Linda L I N D A dot John J O H N at VistageChair.com. dot com. And then, Linda, what happens?
1: And then next, we will talk about your vision for what could be, and get you on the road to becoming a better leader making better decisions, and getting better results for your business, family, and community.
0: Lynda.john at VistageChair.com.
1: And we are back, and we're visiting with Diane Kelly, the owner and CEO of Sandbrook Group, a life and health insurance company founded here in Tucson in 2005. Diane, you and I have been having a good time coaching together using the Enneagram Strengths-Based Assessment Tool, And we are ready to shift our conversation more about the Enneagram. You've already sort of alluded to the fact, but let's give the official reveal of what your Enneagram type is and what are your favorite features of that type.
2: Well, it makes me feel good that there's actually a type. (laughs) You know, no one wants to think that they're an island all to themselves. And although I work really well with other entrepreneurs, and now I know why, because most of them also fall into that category or very closely aligned with that. So that makes me feel like, oh, now I know why I like my tribe,
1: right? (laughs) Your tribe. That's a good way to put it. it. Really? And,
2: uh, you know, like I said, I was in California this past week and several of us got together, but we're not telling anybody about it but anyway we got together and we're literally hugging and jumping up and down we're so excited to see each other and you know you don't see that in a lot of business groups but um yeah so i i love that aspect of it that i am aware that that's who i am and i don't have to you know downplay it Right. It's not all bad, but there are some areas I have to be careful with.
1: <laughs> well, we'll get into those in a yeah. minute, but your type is the type 7, which is known as the enthusiastic visionary, sometimes known as the entertainer, but really it's about that big picture vision, future-oriented, positive, um, joyful love and approach to life, Um not real patient, necessarily, but it's it's about motion and doing and really having these ideas and wanting to move forward with them quickly. So of those things, what do you resonate with most on those strengths of the type seven? Well,
2: I love being the visionary. And that's something that I've learned more through my masterminding. I never knew what it was called or had a name for it or did it deliberately. It just kind of floated around out there. And now it's more intentional where we set time aside to actually look ahead. Where do we want to be in a year, two years, three years? And number two, how are we going to get there? So it really does help focus, which is, again, one of the lacking things. (laughs) So, you know, it helps to sit down and and look at that visionary. Um, As far as the connecting, like I said, I I love doing that. So that just kind of uh, solidified my, my viewpoint of how I can help people by putting them in touch with other people. And, of course, as a master networker, people like that. Oh, yeah. And they're they're going to be very grateful when I'm able to match them up with maybe a potential client or a resource that they didn't have. And that all comes back. Yes. So one of the other organizations I belong to, their, their philosophy is giver's gain. And uh, we also read a book called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes. But it's yes. all about giving. And yes. if you give, you'll receive.
1: Yeah. And it's not necessarily direct, you know. Quit pro quo. It's it's basically right. you give uh, willingly, unselfishly, and it comes back in some way. And you know, I I moved to Tucson just in the last few months. You were one of the first people I met, and you immediately moved into connecting me with different people and different groups, and then as I participated in those, the people there started connecting me. And it's just amazing how that network does explode so quickly.
2: And I think Tucson is kind of unique in that regard. I think that that is really how this community works. And, I don't think you find that in a lot of areas. I know it wasn't in Phoenix when I lived up there, not to this extent.
1: And I came from a smaller community, and I would say it was like that, but I was not expecting it in Tucson, which is about Mm. 10 times bigger than the community that I moved from. And I felt, I have felt extremely welcomed and um, embraced really into the business community and the community at large why don't you go ahead and give a shout out to some of those networking associations that you like the best?
2: Well, definitely Stacy Fowler and her Tucson Business Networking. Uh, she does an awesome job when things were open. We'd have over 200 people at an event mm-hmm. and it was just kind of the highlight of the month. We do it once a month and now that we're in a different situation, obviously we had to curtail it for a while, but mm-hmm. we're moving back into smaller groups and actually in some cases I like the smaller groups because they're more intimate and then you Get to dive a little deeper with the people who are there, so that's been good. Okay. Um, I recently rejoined a BNI, which is an intentional networking group. Right. Um, I had been a member for 14 years and for various and sundry reasons had left, but now I need referrals, mm-hmm. and so I rejoined BNI. Um, I'm a member of the Marana Chamber, and we've um, networked with the Oro Valley Chamber, mm-hmm. Tucson Metro Chamber, all of those. Uh, Opportunities, And then I'm also a A-plus accredited business through the Better Business Bureau, who also used to have networking events. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, That's so great. some of them are, are back and in, in, you
1: know, meeting, but others are still not. Yes, yeah. And, and a couple of these that you have mentioned I've already started to participate with, and it, they're just fantastic organizations. Absolutely. Well, back to the Enneagram, I always like to say that, you know, um, one of my favorite things about the Enneagram in general is it's a great it's a powerful tool for self-awareness. And there was a recent research study done by Cornell University indicated that the top leadership skill for organizations today is self-awareness. And so working with this tool with you was there or what was for you the most impactful aha moment? Which is what I, my word for the self awareness moment, through this process. And how did you leverage that for your own personal growth? Well, I think for me, what really helped is seeing where my. Strengths
2: are not, yeah. Because it also showed me why I connect with certain people and don't connect as well with other people, where Mm -hmm. the communication just seems off. I say one thing, they say another. I'm like, what? (laughs) Right, (laughs) you know. And and I think that that's been very helpful because there's people with all different capabilities and fall in different slots, and I have to be able to get along with everybody. Right. So I think the awareness of who I am. And not everybody is like me? Yes. That's a, that's a big aha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gee, now I know why you operate like yeah. that. I'm sorry. You know, there's nothing really wrong with you. You're yeah. just not like me. Right. Which is probably good. Right. But yeah, and so I think that that was probably my biggest aha.
1: Yeah, I remember when I first was introduced to it, that was. And now I feel a little silly about that. as like, of course, you know. But, you know, when you think about the nine Enneagram types, which are the main types on the Enneagram, kind of think of those like... Nine windows on the world, nine different ways that we look at the world, the world views. And then when you really combine that next level, which each of the nine types is flavored by one of three subtypes, which makes, you know, uh, a, a main type look very different. So then there's 27 different windows on the world. And so it is nice to um, have that awareness and understand it. I, I, for me, it was more about empathy like and i was more i felt more like forgiving or understanding of others accepting. knowing that. accepting yeah and i think that some
2: of this came too late for my poor deceased husband because <laughs> oh. now i understand him better oh right well, but in yes, retrospect yes. there's nothing i can do about it now i said oh, yes. that's why we're on the different pages <laughs> yeah well, you know same thing
1: the comedy made me does everything have to be fun? <laughs> right Yes, I know you've, you've referenced him several times in our conversations of understanding now some of those things through the different lenses and how that really mm. made sense for you. And I
2: think it can help in a marriage. I mean, it's absolutely. not just
1: business relationships, it's personal relationships. Absolutely.
2: You know, I, I look at it differently now. It's funny, my daughter and I are talking and I was kind of explaining this to her. She goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure she's seven close seven yeah. and yet you know other people in the family are different and right. it, it, it's kind of fun to figure out oh you must be this right you know and now I know that yes you know so it takes the pressure off of me of trying to figure them out
1: yes I, I love that it's it's it starts with self-awareness yeah. and once you've got that then it's other awareness and so then it's it, it, you feel more accepting of these other ways of looking at the world, forgiving and forgiving <laughs> and accepting. Yes, all of that. Mm. Um. So have you, you said you mentioned this to your daughter. Um, Well, I started this Enneagram as a personal journey, and then I wanted to bring it into my team at my work. Have you been sort of observing Enneagram styles at work since we've been working together? Yeah,
2: absolutely. We had done something not quite this in-depth as the Enneagram, but we had done uh, something called Bank Code and had done it for the whole team. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of went, oh, because everybody had an aha. And it just kind of told them, you know, if they were, you know, really detail oriented or like me, not <laughs> action taker and nurturer right. and all that. So we had a, kind of a, a light yes, viewpoint. So it would be nice to go deeper with them. And I think it's really good for them to also acknowledge their differences and right. how they operate, because then they're going to all work better together.
1: And that's exactly what happens. Self-awareness yeah. followed by other awareness followed by team connectedness is really right. the pathway that I found happens through through, through these um, through the work with the Enneagram and
2: what I've come to accept and this is part of that forgiveness I guess is that we need people who aren't like me absolutely I need the detail oriented <laughs> people I need the people who like doing the the numbers or like right. sitting there playing with Excel spreadsheets
1: <laughs> I know and and that's not that's not going to be the love of the type 7, but it might be of the type 5, the quiet specialist. Right. And, uh when we do work with teams, we're always looking for diversity across the Enneagram. And and what where are the gaps? Like what types are missing? Because the more diverse your team can be with all of the types, really the more connected. You know, and there might be times where a certain Uh, Type is needed more than, you know, in high tech or like you said, uh, financial services, you might have more of one type.
2: And this could be really powerful when you're trying to hire for a position. If you have that position spelled out and you can match it up with the type of person that you need, I think you're going to be 10
1: steps ahead in the interview process. As you look at gaps in the team, that's something that I've seen CEOs do all the time is, where are we going to find our Type 4 or our Type 3? But um, a lot of times also, you can discover those strengths through the integration process where once we're in our type, and we're going to get to some of the challenges of Type 7 here in a minute, but you can learn how you can offset challenges by integrating into the other types. And a lot of times, people will see the opportunities to fill gaps by the integration to people's growth areas. So, well, let's go there. Let's go to okay. your challenges. Okay, yeah, I like the calling type challenges, seventh. not weakness. Challenges, <laughs> yes. And every type has uh, strengths and challenges. True, so, very true,
2: yeah. What
1: would you say have you found to be the, the most significant challenges you relate with?
2: I would have to say patience and focus. Yes. You know, so for me, my mind goes 58 miles an hour. Sometimes it's hard to shut it off. And I'm jumping from one thing to another. And then I don't follow through. Uh-huh. So I think that pulling back and just saying, just do one thing. You know, multitasking is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw a post today on Facebook. Somebody was talking about multitasking how bad it is for us <laughs> while she was doing two or three different things. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and I think that this this life that we have now, especially with everything that's changed yeah. And everything. Yes. Um, people are, are trying to do a lot yes. because they feel like they have to keep moving, at least
1: I do. Yeah. And it's hard to stop and just go focus. Right. It, it's it's all so the that and that's an integration strategy that you've developed, probably far far before we met and talked about the Enneagram, but now there's a common language for you to know what's going on. And for the seven, it that's in the thinking center. And so a lot of it is thoughts and ideas going around in the, in the brain. Um, sometimes the term monkey mind can be used. And so the strategy that works well for that, for a type seven, is to follow the line of release or growth to the type five, the quiet specialist, where you kind of can have more spacious thinking and calm down those fast thoughts. Yeah, and I find that changing my environment helps oh, with wow. that. That's
0: great. So
2: I, I call my patio my second office. I love it. So a lot of times I just have to get out of my office office yes. and take my laptop out on the patio where there's nature and birds and yes other things and that helps me just calm down. Yes. I also have a good friend, Jen Dial, who does meditation. Wonderful. And uh, she was especially helpful to me um, after my husband's passing and helping me learn how to meditate. Deliberately Mm -hmm. and to calm those things down. So she's given me a lot of processes and she has this whole library I can access when I need to. So, um, you know, again, resources, right? Yes. Yeah. and And people.
1: When you go, so those are two specific and wonderful strategies for being able to quiet that mind down the meditation and being one with nature. Even if you're still working, you're in a different environment that brings probably peace and joy to you. Do you find that that is a release strategy for you?
2: Yeah, I absolutely do. I also, up until maybe this week since we're freezing to death in tucson now um i would go out and swim some laps in the pool
1: okay and
2: that was another way to release and to kind of clear the cobwebs i also find sometimes just getting in the car and driving which again i haven't done a whole lot of but sometimes that helps things settle down and some of the thoughts that come through then are clearer because i don't have all the other distractions right and i think that that is probably one of my downsides is you know Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's that. Oh, right. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, knowing that is really helpful. And then finding ways to not control it, but to tame it,
1: I guess, maybe. In a conscious way. Say, this is going on. I'm, I'm aware of this right now. This is happening for me and I'm going to kind of self-coach right now what what do I need most and I you know one of the things that you're as I'm listening to you um, there's three centers for everybody there's the thinking center the feeling center and the body center or the doing center and they're expressed at different levels Um, and you have a very highly even though you're main type is in the thinking center you have a highly expressed doing center so you go quickly from the thought to the action and so I even love what that your strategy for calming the mind includes something that's motion but it's motion that helps you to calm down Yeah, it's interesting. because Again, I have to allude to my daughter because she seems to have
2: a lot of my personality type. And yesterday she was really stressed out about something. And um, something broke on the floor and I apologized to her for us having to clean that up. She says, Oh, it's fine. Doing this helps me relax.
1: (laughs) And I'm like,
2: Hmm,
1: that's relaxing. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I have some ideas of what her type might be actually. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, Well, let's let's talk a little bit more. Let's go back to the story side of the um, seven. You've talked about the positivity, the connection with others, um, the entrepreneurialism. Um, what other things have you found since we've done the Enneagram that have been strengths that you're really resonating with or want to even build upon?
2: Well, I think that I'm also very heart-centered, yes. and I like to um, express encouragement two people. Yes. So I look for ways actively and I, I've been like this pretty much, but I, I think probably now I'm more even aware of it mm-hmm. where I can be an encourager. If I see somebody who's struggling or for instance one of my um team I threw a new assignment at her and I pretty much left her on her own to get it done. And yeah. guided her a little bit, but she pretty much was on her own. She'd never done it before. Uh-huh. She was scared to do it. She got it done and she did a great job. And I complimented her and thanked <laughs> her. And she says that makes me feel so good. You oh, know, so, so it's great. those simple things that I can find whether it's my team or other people around me yeah. to compliment them on. And I think everybody needs that, especially now. Yes. You know, so I really like being an encourager. Yes. And if I can encourage somebody to follow their dreams or to change up their life as trying to counsel a granddaughter yesterday with a relationship <laughs> situation, said, "Yeah, you don't have to put up with that, you know. She goes, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, right. That just, just feeding them the positive yes. and helping them know that they're not alone and that somebody else gets it. Right. I think that's really important and I think that that's probably what I've pulled from so much during this covid situation where yeah. people are struggling
1: yeah and i that's that's a really great point and when you talk about the three centers um if you think about especially in conflict or disagreement um if you think about the concept of ready aim fire ready is the heart center so you start with the heart and the emotion is exactly what you're talking about, is I want to encourage and give good feedback and all of that. Um, and, and then aim is the thinking center. What are the facts and the data about this? And then fire is the action and the doing. But thinking about approaching a conflict, especially, especially today where there's a lot of divisiveness, balancing all three of those. And, and you know how easy it is to just forget the heart part, and so I've been I've been really sitting a lot lately with start from the heart, um, and really I I don't tap easily to my heart center, but I have worked hard on that, and I learned I've learned that it helps a lot mm-hmm. to start with empathy, and where someone else is coming from, and then taking that guard down to go into then the facts and the information before you go into the action. I think we all need more of that.
2: You know, instead of shooting each other down, right. when you don't agree, say, oh, you know, I want to understand why you feel that way yes. or why you think that way, What, what's your end goal? Because a lot of times yeah. the end goal is not dissimilar. Right. You know, people have a passion or they have a feeling or they have a goal that they want to see for mm-hmm. themselves or their families or the country as a whole. And really when you boil it all down, it's pretty much the same. Right. You know, they want to see people taken care of. They want to make sure that we're, you know, financially sol- solvent. That'd be yes, nice. Right. Um, you know, things like that. But um, how you're going
1: to get there, how you get there is a different path. Yes. But in the end, you um, you know, especially if it's family members or coworkers, in the end, you might have a different view about how to get there. But it doesn't mean that you like them less or love them less. And to be able to express that as part of that conversation, I think is really important.
2: And I think as a leader, you have to not think that your way is the only way, right? that they might come up with a better solution that you hadn't even thought about. So I'm always open to that, and I'll listen to that, even if I think, well, I don't know that that's going to work. I want to give them the free reign to do that, because that's what their growth is about. right? And I don't have to dictate everything. I am not a micromanager, that's for sure. Well,
1: I think that's one of the gifts of the type 7, too, is you are able to sort of be uh, flexible and big picture oriented and, you know, um, welcoming of multiple ideas. And so I'm, I think that's a gift of your type that you are. I'm sure that makes part of um, your your team working there. I'm sure it's part of what makes them love that because they know that their ideas are going to be heard and considered. And at some point you have to you have to make the final decision. Right.
2: You know, and if it's something that I feel really strongly about, I will Tell them, you right. know, in this particular case, I really feel that we need to do X. Right. Um, very honestly, that doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll I'll execute the order yeah. <laughs> and tell them to make it so. Yes. How they get to make it so is up to them. Yes. As long as it... As I'll, they get there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that leads a little bit also into your wings. So every type on the Enneagram is served by two wings, the type on e- either side of your main type, which means that you have a type eight, the, uh, the, the confident leader, the um, active controller, but I like to call it more the confident leader of the Enneagram. Um, how do you see that showing up for to help your type seven?
2: Well, I think that a lot of what I've had to do with my team through all this, when everything started shutting down and and they were right. scared or worried yes. or whatever, is to reassure them. Yes, you know, so I kept them in line with the process. Said, you know, I've applied for the Paycheck Protection Program. That's going to pay your payroll. Yes. Nobody's going to get let go. You know, just right. reassuring them from that standpoint. And I think that as a leader, it's my role to make sure I come alongside of them and tell them what's up. Yes. And I don't believe in keeping secrets. If if things need to change, I'm gonna say something. Right. If um you know our revenues are down and we going to say okay team you know this is what i want to do this is what i'm going to do this is my role this is what i need each of you to do to help me get there yes and i think that when you pull them in and they feel like they have a vested interest because everybody's going to benefit yeah then they're
1: more willing to be a team player so true so that that type 8 confident leader really serves you well as a business owner and ceo yeah and
2: one of my my team members had to call me on something oh. and um we had just gotten off of a, a group meeting on zoom and i guess i said something to one of the salespeople, and she felt very uncomfortable with what I said or how I said it and she called me on it. I said, okay, I appreciate that. Um, however, I was trying to put them back on track. I felt they were going off track and we yes. were running out of time Okay, and I said, okay, I appreciate it. She says, thank you so much for listening to me. Like I was <laughs> going to be mad at her or something, yes. you know. Yes. And, and I really took it to heart that this hurt her so yes. I didn't want to hurt her. Yes. But then I had to go back to the person that she felt was hurt in the process and say, you know, I'm really sorry I had to cut you off, but we were running short of time. Yep. Your ideas and what you said have value. Yes. And we'll we'll explore that deeper when we have more time. So that, that made her feel like
1: something positive was said to the other person and then yes. she was okay. So we'll get back to the other wing, but I'm going to take a little detour because of that story. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, Diane. <laughs> Were you feeling stress in the moment of that conversation?
2: I was feeling more upset. It made me really sad that I made somebody feel uncomfortable.
1: But when you were in the Zoom meeting and oh. you were saying the oh, thing. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, yeah. That was stress. Yeah. because we had another speaker coming on. Yes. And I had to push it along because if we didn't, we weren't going to get done with what we
1: needed to do yes. before the next program came on. Yes. So, yes. So what happens under stress for each of the types is they have a line of stress and for the type 7 they go to the unhealthier version of type 1 which is the strict perfectionist. Okay. And they become sort of rigid controlling and, and controlling. And it sounds to me like that was what was going on in that moment. Yeah. And what strategy you used automatically and we call it the stretch strategy. So if you're going through the line of stress to the unhealthy version of that type mm-hmm. and you catch yourself or somebody brings it to your attention, you have the ability to toggle up, stretch to the healthiest version of that type. Yeah, Which is for the strict perfectionist, it's the improver. It's the true north type. It's the what's right. What is right in the situation. And what you did was you accepted the feedback from the employee you went to the other person that felt bad or that you had, had a stressful interaction with and you made it right yeah i i couldn't um i couldn't sleep if
2: i didn't yeah that you know, and that would have of, bothered yeah me. it would have bothered me that she was uncomfortable it would have bothered me that i may have said something sharp or yes. unkind to the other person or cut them off and yes. make them feel less than valuable. Right. Because I never want to do that to somebody. And and you're right. You know, I was under stress to mm-hmm. kind of get the show moving along <laughs> and didn't, right. didn't want to dive into the deep details oh, at that particular at that point. time. But I could have done it a whole lot differently.
1: Yeah. And that's great self-awareness, self-correction. Um, self-coaching, you didn't even know the Enneagram then, but you did it. Yeah. Um, so that is really a great example. And I want to point out one other thing is that the type one uh, t- uh, sits in the body center or the um, you know action center. And when you said, I couldn't sleep, um, a lot of times people say it's just a gut twist. It's like it's a physical thing that happens. It's your body informing you. Mm-hmm that you have to make this right. Yeah. And that's what happens in the yeah, type It's called a conscience. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Some people don't seem to have them, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I love I loved that story and kind of being able to explain your type seven and what happens in that situation. You also have a second wing, which is the type six wing. The type six is the loyal skeptic. And at their best, which I'm assuming that's kind of how it's serving you It's um, sort of assessing risk. It's sort of looking at these great ideas and doing a reality check. How does that resonate with you? Do you see that happening for yourself? Well, I do
2: assess that. Sometimes I, I don't throw caution to the wind. I take what I say is calculated risk. Mm -hmm. So I've looked at the upside and the downside. If the upside is better than the downside, then I have to move forward. If the downside is, is stronger, then I'm gonna have to find another way. But then that brings me back to the drawing board to go, what, my husband used to call it a workaround. This is, what's the workaround? <laughs>
1: that's a seven again. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, what's the workaround? So I have to figure out how to work around yes. it or what what's a better solution. Yes. And that's really where my mastermind comes into play, too, because we can throw these things out to the group yes. and say, okay, the X, oh, Y, yes. and Z, and get feedback from everybody. And, and lo and behold, you're
1: going to get maybe seven different responses, but one of those is going to have that nugget that you yes. needed. Yes, yes. Having that um, CEO peer network is what I think is kind of what you're talking about with the yeah. mastermind group, yeah. right? Absolutely. And get that best thinking, and they don't have necessarily – they, they can approach it objectively. Right. They don't have – They don't have the taint that I have on yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But they still have your best interest in mind. exactly. Um, and they or can, they may have been through it. Or they may have been through it before. You know, so yeah. why not draw on
2: experience instead of recreating the wheel? Right. You know, Right. Say, has anybody ever
1: blah, blah? Yeah, you know, and you'll get. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked a little bit about about the heart center, but the other um, strategy that's available to you is each of the centers has a a type that's most dominant. And for you, it is the seven in the in the thinking center, the eight in the action center, and in the heart center, it's the type three, mm. the competitive achiever. Uh-oh. And you did have some thoughts on how that shows up for your type as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, one of my biggest issues is comparing myself to the other CEOs. You know, ah. like they blast out, oh, I just got this million-dollar contract, and I'm going... <laughs> What's wrong with me? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or I'm not doing enough or I'm yeah. not good enough or, you know, everybody's moving ahead and I'm not, you know, so I had to kind of take myself mm-hmm. off of that and even not look. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't ignore it, and then it just eats away at me, and then I I start feeling down on myself. And Mm -hmm. I just have to pull myself back up by my bootstraps and say, no, look at everything you have done. And my coach is really good about that. She'll say, okay, if you're feeling like you haven't done anything in the last nine months, I want you to start with January and write down everything that you've accomplished since that time. And by the time you get done, you got a yellow tablet page full, and you're like, oh, I've done all (laughs) that,
1: right? But sometimes you just need a reality check. You do. You know. I, I love that strategy because another thing with sevens we're we're moving so fast we sometimes just don't take a break to celebrate the success exactly exactly you're just on to the next thing yeah 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 <laughs> um, and the other thing that I'm going to say about your type three the competitive achiever showing up is on the real healthy side of that and i you know just the way that you describe that you want your service to the clients to be the separator, the differentiator for you, and that you really do your very best in quality of the services that you provide for your clients. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, in
2: our industry, um, you know, the rates are the rates, the plans are the plans. I can't go out and create something outside of that except for my fresh few business solutions that I created for the small business owner that's unique but you know when you're quoting health insurance or life insurance it is what it is so anybody quoting the same type of plan with the same carrier is going to get the same rate so Uh what can I do to differentiate myself and I think that We've done that really successfully over the years. And, and, you know, it's not 100%. There are some people who say, oh, I'll never work with her again, you know, for various and sundry reasons. But. I feel like that's really on the low side Mm -hmm. and I think overall you know like when somebody's looking for something like on Facebook and life and health insurance I get tagged all the time. So that makes me feel like my my audience is out there. They appreciate what I've done for them or others. Right. And they're not afraid to step out and
1: recommend me. That's awesome. And I I suppose word of mouth is a big part of your success. Huge. You know I think back to the, the beginning when we were talking about you know, kind of your courage and your bravery. This is a, a lot that you've done to just build this business on your own, as a owner and CEO with a a team, and being able to pivot through all of that. You know, how has being your you know you said you wanted to be your an independent um, business owner? How has that really helped you with your business?
2: Well, when I first left corporate America, it was just to do that, to leave corporate America and to, because I had all these ideas and I wanted to execute on these ideas and they, they wanted me in this box, right? right? And I didn't fit in that box Yeah, and it got really uncomfortable in that box. Yes. So I finally had to jump out of the box yes. and um, that was just freeing, but I, I never anticipated being a business owner or entrepreneur per se. But I think that, you know, as the business grew and as I needed different, services I necessarily needed a team I realized I need people who did what I didn't do Mm
1: -hmm. or people who
2: are better at the the core things that I'm not good at so I started aligning myself with those people and of course with the mastermind and everything that really helped so I think that it was just you know the visionary part right saying you know I really it was scary I'm it sure. It was really scary. I mean, after I gave notice and walked away from a quarter-million-dollar book of business, I got back out. And at night, I'd wake up and go, what did I just do? Yes. You know? Because – you just jump ship, yeah. You know, and I had two year non compete, which meant mm-hmm. I could not take any of my business with me, and I honored that because mm-hmm. that's who I am. Of course. And um, but I got the lion's share back after the two years, <laughs> but um, yeah. So of course it, you did. <laughs> it was really scary, yeah. and um, you know there were moments where I thought yeah, I'm nuts, but in the long run and looking back over the past fifteen years, I wouldn't do it any differently. And I, yeah. I, don't regret a day.
1: Yeah.
2: And I think that what came with it that I didn't know about or expect is the personal growth. Yes. You know, I was a good insurance broker. Yes. That's it. Yes. But all these you're... other things had to come with it. Yes. With the leadership and with building the team and yeah. finding the right people and making sure I'm the right person. Right. For my clients and for my team.
1: Would you say that you're, you have a love of lifelong
2: learning? As absolutely, well. yeah. absolutely. Um, although sometimes it's very frustrating, especially when you talk about technology or yeah. marketing, which I've had to learn now yes. because we've never had to do outbound marketing, and now we have to learn, you know, content marketing and video marketing and different <laughs> styles and how to market on LinkedIn. Oh my gosh! Um, and I—that's I, still my not my strength. But I'm learning what I need to learn to be able to offshoot it on people who can
1: help. Right. You know, and right. it, it's expensive. Wow. This has just been such a fun conversation. I'm going to use the word fun because I know we both connect <laughs> with that word. Really a fun conversation. <laughs> uh, we're getting close to the end of our time to discuss this, but I do just have you, as if we've, you've reflected on our work together with the Enneagram, have you given thought to what the future holds for you personally and professionally of how the Enneagram is going to be used by you and in your life?
2: Well, like I said, I, I'm really interested in, in uh, doing that for my team, um, not only for my sake, but for theirs mm-hmm. and for the team as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a great team. I'm really proud of all of them. They all have their own talents and abilities, and I appreciate them for each of that. Uh, I can also assess what their weak areas are. Mm-hmm. And if I see somebody who's struggling and something isn't really up their alley, then I'll shift it over to somebody else in the team if we We have them who is better at that, because I don't want them to get frustrated and feel like I can't do this. Right. You know, I want them to, to feel like they can use their strengths and their abilities to the best of their ability yes, and right. grow too. And I think that that's probably one of the things I've seen in my team members coming back and saying, oh, my gosh, I've learned so much, or I never thought I could do this, Yeah, you know, and doing it. Like the, the one gal who was our receptionist, when we put her on the phone, right. she was scared to death. <laughs> she was afraid to talk on the phone. Oh. You can't have a receptionist who's not answering the phone. Yeah. So we worked with her, and she took copious notes. She's yeah. the one who had to have everything all detailed and written out script. Yeah. And by the end of the season, she was on there laughing and joking around the clients and comfortable.
1: And some of that heart center is coming through in that, too, where you're just believing in them and helping them gain their confidence. Yeah. You know, knowing that, that for them to know that there's a safety net there. Right. That you're going to support them. Right. Diane, if people want to connect with you, what are some of the ways that you would like to have them reach out? Well, I'm
2: told that I'm all over the place, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means. So we we are on Facebook, and uh, it's a Sandbrook Group. Or you can just put in my name, Diane, and it has my maiden name in there, Schmidt Kelly, K E L L E Y. Mm-hmm. And uh, we obviously have a website, SandbrookGroup.com, and we're you know we're on Google. If you Google us, you You'll find us and we have reviews which I'm very proud of
1: yes you and have a lot of yeah, five star reviews yeah, I we've checked got five star
2: reviews and yeah. uh, we are actively soliciting those from our clients and one of my clients says can I give you 10 stars <laughs> I said well have your husband wow. do five and you can yeah. do five and she goes <laughs> he won't do it <laughs> I said that's fine I'll take your five yes. but uh, yeah that's so fantastic. we're we're very proud of that record and uh, looking forward to
1: more growth Oh, that's fantastic. I want to thank my guest, Diane Kelly, owner and CEO of Sandbrook Group, for sharing her leadership expertise and Enneagram experiences with us today on the Self-Aware Leader podcast, where we talk about leveraging your Enneagram power to support continued leadership success. Diane, congratulations on all of your current successes. Best wishes to you as you continue to grow your business with your ability to pivot for positive results. And I want to thank our podcast audience for tuning in to another episode of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast. We will be back with another dynamic guest in two weeks, ready to hear more stories of successful leaders sharing their experiences of leveraging their Enneagram power to accelerate their leadership success. And until then, I am Linda John, host of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast. Signing off from the Tucson Radio X Studios, located in the Stewart Title Company building on Broadway Boulevard in Tucson, Arizona.
0: Join us again on the Business Radio X Network for the Self-Aware Leader Podcast with Coach and Vestige Chair, Linda John.